Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Mark Moss Show, where we're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We are talking about the decentralized revolution that is happening right now. We're witnessing it. Now, a real quick recap of where we're at. We're almost wrapping up the year 2021, and we'll get into some more stuff to kind of wrap up the end of the year. I'm not going to give you the full wrap up uh, right now, but, uh, you know, just to kind of figure out where we're at I was looking back at the price and um, we're pumping today. As a matter of fact, dang, we're up over a thousand dollars just since I've been talking to you guys. That's not too bad. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> yeah, not too bad at all, actually. But if we look back uh, through the, let's, let's call it the way back machine. And if I look back to about a year ago, the price of, uh, I'm sorry, two years ago, the price of Bitcoin was about twenty twenty three thousand dollars if we go back to one year ago, yeah, where are we at? About $23,000 one year ago. So 23000 you know, now we're here. Let's see. So that's about, if we go to 
Yeah, we're up 100%. 100% a year, that's not bad. I'll take that. If we go back to two years ago, you know, we were at about $7,000. So looking pretty good. And yeah, the price is pumping as we speak. Maybe, maybe, just maybe we're going to get into one of these uh, these end-of-year rallies. We've seen Bitcoin move thousands and thousands of dollars in a single month. That's one of the reasons why you don't really want to trade Bitcoin. I know when you look at the technical analysis, you look at like a chart, and, it, and it's very volatile. It is. It goes up and down all the time. And when you look at it, of course, uh, in life, hindsight is is the twenty twenty, right? Hindsight is clear. And when you look at it, you're like, dang, if I could have just sold it here, and then I could have bought it back here, and then I could have sold it here, and I could have bought it here, and it looks so easy. And of course, you hear all these stories of people doing all this and whatever. The reality is, is that it's very difficult. Now, um, there's been numerous studies done um, in the stock market. I don't have them pulled up in front of me, but um, numerous studies in the stock market that shows like um, over the last like. No, not not counting this year. That was uh, crazy. Uh, but but before this year, if you look back over like the last like 30, 40 years, you know, they've had an average turn of whatever, eight, eight um, percent. But if you would have missed like the best 20 days of stock market performance in those like 30 years, your return drops from like eight percent to like four percent. And if you miss like the top the best 20 days out of that 30 year thing, then your returns were flat. And if you missed like the best 30 days, then you actually lost money. And that's like, so sitting out of, sitting out of the market for only 20 days could have effectively wiped out all of your gains. And that's in the normal stock market, which isn't near as volatile as Bitcoin is. But Bitcoin moves super, super fast. And so for example, we, I can look back over here. If I'm looking at the chart here, back to where was this? September, September 30th. Um, I mean, in one day, the price of Bitcoin shot up 16%. It dropped, it jumped uh, $2,000 in, in, in almost a single day. And here we are, you know, we've rallied, uh, we've ra rallied like $3,000 since I've been talking to you guys. And so if you were out and you're trying to trade that and you missed that $3,000 pump, um, I mean, that, that would that could set back your, your gains big time. And so um, in my opinion, there's better things to do with your time. There's much more productive things to do with your time. There's much more things that you can do to bring value to the world than sit there looking at these stupid charts all day long. Zoom out. Uh, two years ago, 7,000. Last year, it was about 20,000. And now we're over 50,000 at the time we speak. So um, that's that's some perspective that I would like to give you. Um, and we'll talk more about uh, about that as we get later into the show. I want to talk about some of the, the top five uh, Bitcoin stories of 2021. We're going to dig into that. Um, before we do, I want to talk about something that's been uh, pretty cool. I like to say that the the price is a distraction. I say that the best, the, the the two things you want to look at are both the growth of the network and the development that's happening on the network. The growth of the network, you know, you can see through um, stories that pop up all over the place. So, for example, this week I saw Visa partners with sixty crypto platforms to let consumers spend digital currency at eighty million merchants. Man, that's big. Visa's head of crypto has revealed that the payments giant has partnered with about 60 leading crypto platforms to launch card programs to make it easy for consumers to convert and spend digital currency at 80 million merchant locations worldwide. He emphasized, we've built a lot of momentum in the space and will continue to support the crypto ecosystem in several ways. That's big, right? That is going to bring more users. And so remember, we're looking at the growth of the users and the development of the network. So that's big. I mean, that's big. That's um, 80 million merchants. Now, who knows how many customers go through those 80 million merchants, but I would imagine it's, 
hundreds of millions, if not billions of people. And so that is going to increase the amount of users. And then I want to look at the development on the network. And I talked about a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how uh, Jack Dorsey, the founder and CEO of Twitter, actually stepped down from Twitter. And he stepped down from Twitter to focus on Bitcoin. He didn't. He wanted to. He wanted to build out um, some Bitcoin services. He renamed um, Square, the payment company, to Block, and then he renamed the. Um, he had another company called Spiral. Um, and since then, uh, Jack has been going on quite the rampage. As a matter of fact, he is going head to head with the tech bros, as we might call them, the venture capitalists out of Silicon Valley, etc. Which. Um, pretty interesting to see. Now, a lot of people had criticized Jack Dorsey because at the as the CEO of Twitter, um, Twitter was not living up to its um, original intention, which was supposed to be a platform for free speech. And Jack Dorsey is supposed to be this advocate for free speech. And yet here he is the CEO and he's, he's censoring. I mean, they, they kicked off the active sitting president of the United States last year, um, a long way away from being the uh, quote unquote, uh, you know, open free source of communication. But now that he has left, he stepped down to work on Bitcoin, not crypto, just Bitcoin. Um, we've seen some rapid changes happening on Twitter. As a matter of fact, they've started to censor people pretty, pretty crazy. But he's also changed. And so the message that he's been sending out is, has been uh, pretty radical. The other day, um, Cardi B, and for any of my hip hop fans out there, Cardi B tweeted out and said something. Um, she said, will cryptocurrencies replace the dollar? And Jack Dorsey replied and he said, Bitcoin will. <laughs> Not crypto, Bitcoin will. And so um, after that exchange, we saw the price start pumping. And I, I tweeted out, I think I said, uh, I said, did uh, did Jack Dorsey tweeting out that Cardi B drive the market higher? Just kind of a uh, tongue in cheek. By the way, if you're not following me on Twitter, you definitely should. I'm the number one Mark Moss at one Mark Moss. Just follow me there. Shoot me. A, t let me know you heard me on the radio. Ask me a question. I'll make sure to answer it for you. Um, but anyway, it was kind of funny to see that happen. And since then, he went on a rampage. And what he's on a rampage over is what's called now what these people are calling Web 3.0. Now, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know, I've been on the Internet for a long time. And, uh, you know, we had the Web and then we had Web 2.0. And now we have Web 3.0. And like, Really? Isn't it just like the web? But anyway, um, there's this whole thing about Web 3.0 and it's, it's the new crypto thing and it's Web 3.0 and, and it's bringing all this investment capital in, um, you know. And so he went on this rampage on that and he said, uh, quote, you don't own Web 3.0, says Jack Dorsey. He criticized its centralized nature. He said, quote, you don't, add, you don't own Web3. The VCs and their LPs do. It will never escape their incentives. It's ultimately a centralized entity with a different label. Know what you're getting into, end quote. Um, and that was pretty cool. And then, of course, all the venture capitalists came out and started attacking him for that. Um, even um, Balaji said, uh, oh, no, um, Twitter was started as a protocol. And he said, dude, you're talking to the wrong guy. I'm the founder of Twitter. It was started as a company a centralized company. And so the big thing here is that these venture capital funds are starting these Web3, uh, which are quote unquote, these cryptocurrencies. But to his point, it's ultimately a centralized entity with a different label, meaning they control it. They control the amount of tokens that were printed and they control what happens on that network moving forward. The diff much different than Bitcoin. Bitcoin, nobody controls. And I know, I know they use all these buzzwords and it's decentralized. Don't you know, Mark? It's decentralized, decentralized governance, right? 
Well, the very fact that it has governance tells you <laughs> that it's not decentralized. So somebody can control it. Who can control it? The person with the most tokens. Um, I'm going to tell you more about what Jack said, and then I want to come back with the top five bullish stories of 2021. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and the decentralized revolution. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we're talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and the decentralized revolution that's happening. Uh, I got one of my good friends, Justine, that just joined me in the studio. You, uh, Justine Harper, she works with Unchained Capital. Uh, we were just talking about uh, some problems I had with my multi-sig security earlier, and uh, she they managed to help me out, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but uh, Justine, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, and Merry Christmas. Yeah, man, we are there. I can't believe it, man. 2021 just it went by so fast that it's- uh, What happened? <laughs> yeah, like- um, Something, you know, the pandemic happened in March of last year. So it's been like almost two years. And um, I think it, I don't know, almost like slowed things down last year. And now like things happen so fast. It's like, wow, I can't believe we're like two years into it, you know? I agree. I think I, I saw a meme the other day and it was like, I'm still trying to process 2020 and wait, we're 2022 now. Like what's what happened? Um, and I definitely can relate to that. Like what has occurred? Um, yeah. Time flies, man. Yeah. But yes, glad to be so, here. Thanks for having me. Crazy year in Bitcoin. Yeah, it's a crazy year in Bitcoin. And so I thought it'd be fun just to kind of look back and talk about some of the big stories that happened uh, throughout the year. Um, I still am working on my kind of big moments for myself and what I'm expecting for next year. So probably next week we'll talk about that. But I was just kind of looking through some of the big stories and uh, some of the big ones that kind of caught my eye that we'd just talk about. So uh, I think the big one was you know, probably price action. And that's typically one of my least favorite ones to talk about. Um, I, I, call, I call the Bitcoin price like the bait and switch. You, you get baited in to try to make a bunch of money and then you get switched into the, all, the other, all the other properties of Bitcoin. But if we look at the price action of Bitcoin, um, I mean, it, it did pretty good for the year. We're up you know, almost 70%. It's actually on a run right now today. Um, pretty crazy. But I think if we look back, uh, if we zoom out and we look at like the lowest price point every year, and so um, we went to 2012 was four bucks, 2013, 65 bucks, 200 bucks. 2015 was the only year it was down, went from 200 to 185. Then 365, 780, 3200, 3300, 3800. And then the lowest point last year was 3800. This year was 27,000. So we're almost double that. I mean, that's pretty dang good growth, I would say. Yes. And this is why I laugh very hard anytime we talk, like when we have any sort of a, a bearish day, right? Or a drop in the market. Oh, Bitcoin's dead. Bitcoin's over. And it's like, yeah, okay. So we're, we're literally to the point where 46,000 is dead. Bitcoin's dead. And then when you, when you zoom out and look at where we were, we're a year ago, it's, it's worse. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Um, price is irrelevant to me at this point, but I understand that it's not irrelevant to everyone and it's a big factor into uh, bringing people in, right? And it's important to sort of factor in uh, Bitcoin's success from that. But I personally, I, I don't care about the, the price. Do I have more sats today than I do yesterday? But also it, it is kind of comical to look at where we've been, what the uh, what the lows are for each year, and then just where we are now. It's it's uh, it's shocking. I mean, I remember it, it's over 900 memes or 9,000 memes, right? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, wh how are how are we sitting here, and how is uh, how are people still doubting the the uh, 
adoption of Bitcoin at this point, I think is, is pretty impressive. Yeah, and I love just the perspective. I mean, when you zoom out and you're just like, you know, everyone's like, it's it's too volatile, it's too volatile. It, it, it's not a good store of value because it's too volatile. It's, it never make it as medium exchange, which, you know, it's not maybe the best medium exchange today. It doesn't mean it won't be in the future. But as a store of value, it's like, it's too volatile. It's like, well, it's been up every single year, you know, <laughs> like that's a pretty yeah. dang good store of value in my opinion, you know. Um, right, I think I on started, average it's up 200% each year or something. I, I could be wrong on yeah. that on that yeah. percentage, but it's like, yeah, when you zoom out, it, it goes up. Um, I've joked about my, my future TA uh, podcast or YouTube channel where it's going to just be like, you know, it goes up and then it kind of like goes down for a little bit. And then it's just like, it's continuously going up in an upward right position, you know, direction. Uh, because yeah, I, yes, it, it fluctuates, but it's it's up year yeah. after year. And anyone holding their wealth in Bitcoin is doing pretty good, I think. It's funny because um, I started buying Bitcoin back when it was about 300 bucks. And um, I've been trying to get friends of mine into it for a long time. I, I don't really go super wide with my friends, but friends that are a little bit into kind of investing, I, I try to get drag them in. And I remember one of my friends, I finally convinced him to buy it about $4,000. And then it dropped down to like 2,500. Oh, and he was so mad at me. He hated me. Like I, I, I got him into the scam. He lost like half his money. Like, dude, you bought in at 4,000. It's like 50,000 a day, right? And I had another friend. Um, I got him to buy in January of 2018 after Bitcoin had blown off from 20,000. And he ended up buying about, I think, 14, 15,000. And then it continued to go down. Uh, and same thing. He's like, oh, you, you told me to buy now. It's all the way down. And I'm just like, I mean, people would be so happy to have bought at 15,000 today, you know? And um, no matter how much I tell them, like, zoom out, have this long-term perspective, they don't do it. Um, but yeah, looking backwards today, it's, it's kind of funny. Oh, well, it's hard to do, I think. But it also is, uh, I think it's it's almost a rite of passage, right? Like, Bitcoin makes sense for a long term. And I think it's really hard for people to sort of zoom out. And so my mom, the same way, I shouldn't say this. Um, but, you know, she finally bought at a certain price and didn't buy a lot, you know, but... And then it immediately went down and she was like, oh, okay. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> I yeah. promise it'll be fine. Zoom out. Um, so I think it is just, yeah. it's hard to, uh, when you're stuck in the moment, see it. But but yeah, I mean, if you look year after year, year over year, you're, you're, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, we've all had, uh, well, if you've been in long enough anyway, we've all had those awkward Christmas and Thanksgivings where <laughs> you have to <laughs> sit around the table with your family <laughs> and they're all down on their positions. Um, luckily my parents, man, they've got strong hands, man. My, my, my parents have held strong and they haven't, they haven't wavered. And, um, and so I got to give them that. Uh, well, I guess they got me. So, um, by the way, you're listening to the Mark Ma show. I'm, I'm in the studio with Justine Harper. You can find her on Twitter at Miss Hodel, M S H O D L. Give her a shout out, say hello. Um, we're talking about some of the top stories in Bitcoin for 2021. Um, another big one this year was Tesla adding Bitcoin to its balance sheet. I think that was a big one. It, um, it instantly, I remember, I remember when it happened, it instantly shot Bitcoin higher. Um, you know, it what Elon has, I don't know, 40, 50 million followers on Twitter. So it instantly shot that up. Um, a lot of Bitcoin people thought that was great. Things have kind of fumbled a little bit since then, but I think it really did help it to kind of notch a level higher, I would say. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that uh, it says a lot. Like People can talk about certain things on on Twitter. Um, I say this as like there's celebrities who are paid to say things. I think yep. Elon really enjoys Twitter. <laughs> he likes oh, to yeah. uh, rile people up, but also just kind of enjoys it. So he'll mention things on Twitter. And um, but it says a lot when you actually 
are betting your uh, your cash reserves of your company yep. on Bitcoin. I think that shows a level of commitment that's much different than shilling something on Twitter. Um, in my opinion, it makes perfect sense. I mean, the, the dollar is devaluing year after year. And when you have cash reserves for a business, the last thing you want is to see your your profits go down while the expense of everything you need to do goes up. Yeah. So why wouldn't you hold it in an asset that that holds its value better? So I think it makes sense. But I do think it was quite a, uh, a move uh, for Elon um, because he, he kind of, you know, he likes to ruffle feathers, yep. but I think actions are, are stronger than words. Yeah. And this was a pretty big action, in my opinion. Well, and it and it put it on the map. So it put it on the map for all of those 50 million people that follow him on Twitter, plus, you know, his bigger audience or whatever. So I think it put it on the map. And then to your point, the skin in the game, put his money where his mouth is. He did go on to say that I have not sold any of my Bitcoin. Tesla sold 10% of its holdings essentially to prove liquidity of Bitcoin as an alternative to holding cash on balance sheet. So um, to your point, Justine, he's moved it into reserve. He's still holding it. And he has continued to hold his holdings as well. Are you listening to the Mark Moss show? We're talking about Bitcoin and uh, the decentralized revolution I'm in the studio with Justine. And we're talking about the top things that happened in Bitcoin in 2021. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. 
So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, and we're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about the decentralized revolution that's happening. And I'm in the studio with Justine Harper, you can find her on Twitter at Miss Hodel, M-S-H-O-D-L. And we're talking about the top five things or the top couple things that have happened in Bitcoin in 2021 that went by man, like a whirlwind. And so we talked about the price. Um, the lowest price of the year was 27000 and we're up almost double that at this point. We talked about Tesla adding Bitcoin uh, both to its balance sheet as well as um, Elon Musk uh, holding it and said that they are not selling it. I think um, the next story, which I think is is got to be the biggest story of the year, is that El Salvador, right? El Salvador declares Bitcoin as legal tender, uh, which is pretty amazing. I mean, they had to fight off the World Bank. They had to fight off the International Monetary Fund. Uh, they've had to fight off uh, what may be, you know, U.S. Federal Reserve CIA operatives working down there to, to, to destabilize that. Um, and they've they've come under massive, massive fire. They've obviously had technical difficulties to roll out something that big. Uh, but through all of that, I mean, the president, Bukele, has like held strong and, uh, and uh, kind of turned into one of the top Twitter trolls on top of that. Yes, he's uh, I would say that he's very good at Twitter um, and it's amazing to see someone in his. He position. might be as good as you, Justine. <laughs> I think he's much better than me. I was going to put him up there with Elon, but I think that oh, I, I appreciate the principles from one a little bit more than the other. But uh, yeah, uh, but I do think, yeah, he has a way of kind of like he stands behind what he says and what he does, um, no matter what you think of him as an individual. Um, I think it's huge. And I think sometimes I. I I think uh, Alex Gladstein says this best, you know, we kind of come from a privileged world when when we yeah. live in the US and we don't realize the issues that many individuals have for accessing financial services. And I think yeah. El Salvador is a huge example of that is, is the Bitcoin a great medium exchange for us right now? Uh, no, you know, the dollar works pretty good for that. We, we can save in Bitcoin and we can, you know, like, you know, spend things when needed and so forth. But some people don't have access to those services, you know, yep, people exactly. in El Salvador, from my understanding, were, were on a and you were there, were yep. on a bus for hours, you know, to go access financial services with cash on hand where they could be robbed, where, you know, it's, it was a dangerous situation for them. Yep. Um, so I think Bitcoin solves that problem for so many people in a way that also allows them to save in an asset that won't devalue. So individuals who maybe have never had the ability to save before now have that as well. So yep. I think this was huge, yeah. hands down biggest story of the year. Um, and I think it was it was definitely a moment that everybody was watching to wait. They were waiting for them to fall on their face and now they haven't. So how yeah. will that look? You know, what other countries are now going to be looking into this? Because yeah. at the end of the day, it fixes, it solves a problem for them. And I, I think it's huge. Yeah, to your point, you know, um, in the United States where we're privileged, um, the dollar works really well as a medium of exchange. And I tell people, don't spend your Bitcoin, save your Bitcoin, spend your fiat. But in El Salvador, um, yeah, I've been there and 
they don't have access to a digital banking world like we do. So they can't walk around town and spend off their Venmo or spend off their debit cards. They don't have that. And so it's a cash society. And so um, the stores and both, you know, both, both the merchants and the retailers, they have to just basically pay with cash and they can't, you know, send and receive money electronically and whatnot. And so they don't have that privilege we have. And now Bitcoin has enabled them to join this global financial network, um, which is, which is pretty dang cool. Um, and so it's a big need for them. They've, they've onboarded millions of people. Those millions of people all got like $30 worth of Bitcoin, which is since like doubled since they got it. So like, that's pretty cool as well. Um, and you know, they've had their troubles, right? I mean, there's uh, numerous complaints and problems with the tech from the Chivo wallet. And I get that. Um, I mean, imagine rolling out a new system that's never been done before this, this, you know, this advanced, um, and not having some problems, like, come on, cut them some slack, right? Like, right. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, I think that's that's to be expected for sure. Um, I think that one of the stats that I saw come out was that, and I forget the exact number, you may, may know this more than me, but essentially saying that more people in El Salvador now have a Bitcoin wallet than, you know, a banking account. Yeah, and I think, I think that so. really shows the need for that area and what problem it's solving for them. Because yeah, you can, I, as an individual, I can now go in, to El Salvador, support my local econ economy with just simply a cell phone, right? I can download an app. I have uh, I have access to digital financial services and don't have to use, you know, some sort of outside party where I have to travel long, long distance. And from a merchant standpoint, I mean, this is huge for them, in my opinion. Um, yep. So, yes, I think this is I don't think this is the like it's not the story that happened in 2021 and then it's done. Like, I think this will be like the ongoing story. This is a a thing that will continue to develop and we will see more and more people sort of using it as an example to shape their own economy. Um, and that's that's what Bitcoin is, right? It's freedom. It solves yeah. problems. And I think uh, what problem it solves for each individual is different. And I think this is a great yeah. example of that. Yeah, I was just looking here. 70, it says here, uh, per the latest uh, Bank of America report, Global Research report, 70% of the adult population in El Salvador did not or does not have a bank account. 70%. So it's pretty pretty massive. I would agree with you, Justine. I think this is going to be um, something that's, uh, you know, when you look back through history, like I love to look at history, there's these certain key things that happen that really pivoted and changed things. And I think this is going to be one of those things. Um, and I think it's going to really signify, um, hopefully, I think, I hope that it's going to signify kind of the end of this uh, giant nation state and back to more of a competitive um, landscape, because not only it seems like, uh, and, and, and I don't know about the politics, I don't know the president personally, and I know he, people have accused him of being this, you know, dictator, or whatever, I don't know. Um, but it seems like to me that once he got bit by the Bitcoin bug, he's now starting to uh, attach to a lot of the other properties, the freedom properties and things like that, because now we've seen, he said, uh, Hey, now El Salvador is an open country, uh, no mandates, no testing. Uh, we have vaccines. If you want them, everybody can have them for free. If you don't want them, don't have them. No big deal. And uh, like it's real. And oh, and by the way, we have this Bitcoin city now and you can come and no taxes. And like, um, man, you're really starting to see kind of be this like a uh, place of freedom, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say that, that it seems like he uh, he he kind of changed his mind on some of the more, in my opinion, like government overreach mandates that he had he had had previously, which is great. I think a Bitcoin, uh, it changes yeah. us. It makes us look at things differently and it, and it aligns the incentives in a way that we can't ignore. So I, I think that was a really beneficial yeah. thing to see as well. 
Now, the one thing is, so he's speaking at the Bitcoin conference, Bitcoin uh, 2022. It's coming up in April, I believe, of next year. I'm speaking there, by the way. So if you're not already getting your tickets to Bitcoin conference, you should. And by the way, you can save 10% on your tickets by using uh, Mark at the checkout code. But also the president, Bukele, is also speaking there. And supposedly, according to Bitcoin magazine, supposedly he's got something really big to announce uh, we don't know what that is. Obviously, I don't have the spoiler alert. I sent out a tweet on uh, on Twitter the other day. I said, hey, what I really want, I said, "There's he's going to announce something. What I really want him to announce is that uh, there's like a citizenship program for Bitcoiners that we can get passports. Um, I said, retweet it if you wanted to get up there. And I don't know, got I don't know, 1,500 likes or whatever. But that would be really cool if he comes and announces that where you could invest, you know, two Bitcoin or, or one or two Bitcoin or three, whatever the amount is, but to get citizenship right away. Uh, any thoughts on that? <laughs> that would be huge. Uh, I'm a big fan of Katie, who does Plan B passports, and uh, this is something that you know she helps Bitcoiners or really anybody. It's not just yep. Bitcoin specific, right? Finding that second passport, finding places that yep. are more freedom minded. Um, I think this is like exactly how it should be. I think that the free market, if allowed to work properly, works for everyone. And I think the free market idea with citizenship and being able to essentially like. I'm going to move to where it incentivizes me most to be a, a citizen. And those countries are incentivized to offer me really great things that I want to come be a citizen for. It improves everything. Um, so I think this is the natural next step, right? Like Bitcoiners have already completely fully supported El Salvador and the Bitcoin city um, idea. So having the ability to actually gain citizenship for many people would be a game changer. So I, I'm with you. I think that's uh, probably, if I had to bet, I would guess that that's probably what it is. But yeah. um, excited to see it. I don't have any spoilers either. <laughs> but uh, but definitely, definitely, yeah, I think that makes we'll sense. Keep, we'll keep our fingers crossed. I heard, uh, I heard, I heard. If you buy this Bitcoin bond, that's the other big thing is that now they have this Bitcoin bond, so they may be able to raise money um, without having to go through the IMF, which would be big. Um, and maybe if you buy the Bitcoin bond, there might be like a residency, which is like a five-year path to citizenship. But we'll wait and see on that. Unfortunately, as American citizens, uh, <laughs> we're not allowed to participate in that, you know, for our own protection. Uh, by the way, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin and the decentralized revolution. We're talking about the biggest stories of 2021. I'm in the studio with Justine Harper at Miss Hodel. And uh, we just covered a couple stories. We're going to be back with a couple more, so don't go away. All right, welcome back. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about Bitcoin, and we're talking about this decentralized revolution. We're talking about the biggest stories that happened for Bitcoin in 2021. I'm in the studio with uh, one of my good friends, Justine Harper. You can find her on Twitter, at Miss Hodel. And we recapped a couple big things so far. We talked about um, the price, which to me is the least uh, important thing to talk about. But um, low, pro low point this year was 27,000, and we're almost double that, which is pretty cool. Uh, we talked about Tesla, adding it to its balance sheet, and you know Elon Musk maybe bringing it to the forefront of, of all his followers' uh, minds, which is pretty cool. Um, he did say he, that Tesla hasn't sold any of its holdings. Well, they sold 10%. He hasn't sold any of them. And then we just talked about El Salvador, which I think is really the biggest story of the year. And if I would have, <laughs> I should have reorganized this because that should have been the, the biggest story. It definitely was in my mind. It's the most important story. Um, another big story, though, that I think is, is equally as big, I'm not as happy about it uh, personally, um, is that I think uh, that the Bitcoin ETFs were approved. And um, since like 2017, they've been trying to get Bitcoin um, ETFs through and they've just been denied, 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 denied. Um, there's pros and cons to this. I think um, the one thing that I would say that's a pro, though, is that whenever you have a new technology, um, there's like this bell curve 
Um, it's the um, innovator, innovators diffusion, diffusion of innovation. And it's how a new technology gets out into adoption. And so you start out with the inventors and then you get the visionaries and that gets to about 15% adoption. And then there's something called the chasm before you get to the early majority and then eventually the late majority. And the chasm represents a gap in the public's mind where they don't understand what the technology is or that it's real, it's still a scam, it's still a joke, it's still what ridiculous, whatever it may be. It's that chasm. There's something in their mind that's blocking them. But to get over the chasm, the, the early majority's mind has to get past that where they see it as something real, legit, and the use case has even changed. And I think El Salvador definitely helped that. I think lots of things, I think this is the year that we crossed the chasm for any number of reasons. But I think that Bitcoin ETF also really helps that. It helps legitimize it. It helps people be able to get access to it very easy. And it, and maybe just in their mind, a lot of people that were skeptical on the sidelines might look at it as like, well, dang, I guess it might be a real asset. I don't know. Do you think I'm on, some, on something there, Justine? I, I think we agree on this pretty pretty on point. Um, I, I'm with you. Like this to me is like, okay, that's cool. I'm not personally excited about it, but I do agree that I think that there is a, um, there's an aspect of adoption that's going to take time. And Bitcoin by some folks is seen as a specific thing. They don't understand it. It seems like some sort of strain tech, technology that people they don't like must use it. You know, it must be used for illegal activity because, you know, the dollar isn't, right? Um, sarcasm there. Um, but yeah, I think that this will be a huge turning point uh, for yeah. many people. It legitimizes it, as you say. I mean, I have family members who are sort of stuck in this hole. I've been talking to them about it forever. I thought I had it for a minute where they kind of saw it and then they've gone back to, oh, well, you know, I'm not sure the technology is weird. You know, it's, it's like this underground dark web thing. And so I, you can't, you can't think of Bitcoin that way anymore once we get to sort of ETF stage, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so I think that from that standpoint, it does help and it will allow more people to, you know, have access to Bitcoin and have the uh, benefit from it in one sh one way, shape or form. I personally hope that that's just the beginning of their journey, because I think that everybody yeah. should be holding the keys to their wealth because that's the goal here. Right. Like to yeah. really be sovereign in your wealth. But I think it's OK to start somewhere that maybe doesn't look like that. And this may be the first stepping stone for many, which I think is is good. So I, I agree, big thing happening. Uh, me personally, not personally excited about it for me, um, but I do, I do see the value. It's one of those things like it's good for Bitcoin, even if myself doesn't personally uh, <laughs> benefit from it. It, it can be good for Bitcoin. It can also be bad for Bitcoin. So I, I think there's actually, in my opinion, there's actually probably more, I think there's maybe actually more bad for Bitcoin than good. So uh, the good is obviously, as I said, like getting over that mental chasm. And I think, so I think just changing the public perception, I think is good. Um, in in other countries, in Canada and the countries in Europe, um, they've already had ETFs for Bitcoin. The, the thing with Bitcoin, is, uh, with ETFs, is there's two types of ETFs. And so one of them is physically settled. So that means that, I'm betting that price of Bitcoin goes up and down and depending on if I'm wrong or right, I either have to give them Bitcoin or they give me Bitcoin that's physically settled. The other one is cash settled, which means that I don't actually buy the asset or sell the asset. I'm only just making a bet. Like it's like betting on a base, on a baseball or football game and I just have to pay you the cash. And what um, in the US, they've denied every single future or physical settled um, ETF. And so the only thing we have now is a cash settled. And the problem that we have is that, you know, <laughs> You can have these, hear these economics. Before you came on, Justine, we were talking about Steve Hankey and uh, his 
theory, which is just insane. Um, but in the real world, that um, all all price is set off supply and demand. And so if there's more demand for Bitcoin than there is supply, the price goes up. It's pretty simple. But the problem is that um, maybe let's say that you're a hedge fund institution that had a billion dollars or a few billion dollars that you wanted to put into Bitcoin. And you could put that into Bitcoin or you could put that few billion dollars into a just betting on the price of Bitcoin. And so what it does is it, it, it takes artificial supply. So it's almost like increasing the supply. So instead of buying the Bitcoin and taking that, that, that Bitcoin off the market and increasing the demand, you just bet on it with the same amount of money. And so I think, I think that in itself is a net drag. It, it changes this, uh, this, this demand curve. Um, so I think that's a problem. And, uh, I hope that at some point they'll have a physical settled one. Um, they keep denying them. Um, so I think it could be bad from that perspective. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Any thoughts on that? No, I, I agree with you there. That's kind of, um, I guess what I was alluding to when I don't personally think it's good from my perspective for yeah. me, if that makes sense. I don't like the idea of, um, essentially, like you mentioned, betting on assets that aren't there or can't be yeah, uh, guaranteed exactly. or there. I think it, it's this hard dynamic because Bitcoin is kind of the first asset that we have that is fully auditable, right? Like, I think of like gold notes. Um, and this is what in my, you know, as a, as a previous gold holder, I wanted physical gold. I don't yeah. want a note that says that maybe you have some somewhere and I don't want to bet on on gold. I want it. If it's an asset that I hold my wealth in, then I want to physically have it. But not everybody is sort of in that mentality. Um, I think it's interesting with Bitcoin, though, because we can audit Bitcoin very easily. How does that work? Yep. How does that work in this futures betting world? Like, how do, does it look different or does it fall into those same traps and and downfalls of it in the past in the in the legacy world? So I'm not sure I'm one to um, have a huge opinion on it. I do have some concerns but then also at the same time sort of see the benefit of it getting to that point from an adoption standpoint. But I don't know. I don't know what it looks like, I guess is a good way to put it, in a world where you yeah. can't audit the asset, but you're just betting on on what it may or may not do or so forth or what it will look like in the future. Um, so, yes, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a little uh, I'm a little torn on this one specifically. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think we, we align pretty well. Good, on good and bad. Good and bad, Good you know, and, and, and futures futures were really designed for, for farmers. And I didn't know what my crop was going to be like in the future. I didn't know how much oil I was going to produce in the future. And so what I could do is I could hedge with a futures and I could sell my crop at this fixed price today. And that way I, I, I de-risk. Um, and it's also for things that are difficult to um, take custody of. So to your point, Justine, so um, futures are great for commodities like wheat or oil or gold that are very hard or, or almost impossible to take delivery of. And in the March of 2020, we saw the oil price drop to negative 35. And the reason why I went to negative 35 is because you had to take physical delivery and nobody wanted to take physical delivery of it. Right. And so um, futures are great for those types of things. But for Bitcoin, it costs $0 to take custody of your own Bitcoin. That's that's really the killer app of it. And so um Hopefully that changes things. Hopefully people would rather just take custody of their Bitcoin um, as opposed to, you know, oil <laughs> or wheat. It's very, very difficult to do that. Um, and so hopefully that will change it. Uh, of course, uh, just throw out a little bone for uh, Justine while she's here with me. Thank you for coming on. And she works with Unchained Capital, which is a multi-sig setup that I use to secure my Bitcoin. Um, and so it makes it super, super easy to, to secure it. Um, but those are the big stories, I guess, that uh, I'm thinking of for 2021 for Bitcoin. Um, we'll continue to see the the network growing. I mean, El Salvador brought on millions of people alone. Um, 
I, and uh, we'll continue to see the, the development on the network growing. We saw Jack Dorsey leave Twitter to go work on Bitcoin specifically. And uh, we'll come back next week. We'll talk about what to expect for 2022. You're listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about the decentralized revolution. I've been in the studio with Justine Harper, Miss Justine. I'm sorry, at Miss Hodel on Twitter from Unchained Capital. Uh, Justine, thanks so much for coming by and hanging out. Thank you for having me. Look forward to it next time. Um, that's what I got for you today. Uh, thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore A action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.